Real news. True, honest, and not fake news. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Real News Uncensored. Uh, back here with Mr. Alex and myself. And we're going to start off with the big story that everybody's been talking about for the past weeks. They've been milking the crap out of it, but it's finally happened. President Trump has picked his nomination for the empty Supreme, soon-to-be-empty Supreme Court seat of Justice Kennedy, who's now retiring. Trump has picked Brett Kavanaugh. And if you don't know who this guy is, I'll give you a quick rundown of his credentials and his background. Guy went to Yale. He was a clerk for Justice Kennedy. He's written 300 opinions as a justice. He's been on the D.C. Circuit Court for 12 years. He was also a White House Staff Secretary under George W. Bush for three years. Uh, in terms of personal stuff, he's a basketball coach. Uh, does a lot, I guess, religious services and whatnot because he mentioned how he feeds the poor. And overall, because like, I watched his the announcement for him and where Trump gave a speech and then Kavanaugh gave his little speech, came off very likable, very kind, articulate, smart, and a pretty moderate uh, choice. I would say Gorsuch is probably more conservative. This guy seems like a moderate. Um, and of course, you're hearing all the fear mongering. You've been hearing it for weeks, and now you're hearing it. It's going to ramp up big time now that Trump's actually picked somebody. Because uh, you hear all these Democrats saying he's going to take away reproductive rights and women's rights and all this, you know, fear mongering and apocalyptic talk. But I actually looked on Wikipedia, and interestingly enough, like there's not much on his stance on abortion, but it did say, and I quote from Wikipedia Kavanaugh has stated that he considers Roe v. Wade binding under the principle of uh, stare desis. I don't know what that deceased. <laughs> Learn, learn your Latin, mofo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not good with Latin, as you can tell. I honestly don't even know what that is. But uh, continue the quote and would seek to uphold it, but has also ruled in favor of some restrictions for abortion. Uh, and that's kind of what I've been expecting. I you know I think it's possible Roe v. Wade could be overturned, but at the same time, I think you're just gonna see. Um, I think it's unlikely it will be overturned. I think what's more likely is abortion restrictions, which I'm personally fine with uh, in principle, but depends on, of course, the case-by-case basis. Uh, and I think what you're going to see is the left is going to try to frame this, you know, because it's hard to really, you know, do something with somebody so smart like a justice. Like, how are they going to spin this one sort of deal? I think they're basically going to say, like, oh, it's just another straight white Catholic male that's now... You know, becoming a part of the patriarchy, he's joining the patriarchy. I really think that's just how they're going to spin it. So just this white male who is a, they're going to probably frame him as a religious nut. You know, he isn't. Uh, but, you know, when you get to those confirmation or nomination hearings, you know, where you have all these senators grilling him, trying to, you know, do gotchas on him, you know, they're not going to stand a chance. Like, they're nowhere near as smart as these justices are. And they're going to look like fools. And that's what they look like with Gorsuch. They look like fools. But I think in this specific case, they're literally going to look like they're beating up a choir boy. It's going to look like they're beating up just a nice, kind guy. Because that's how he comes off. He's really sort of, he's sort of like that you know, neighbor that goes to church every Sunday and you know, says hi to you every day. And they'll help you mow your lawn and let you borrow tools. Like He just seems like a very decent, nice guy. And they're going to look really bad when they start trying to smear this guy and beat him up. Like I, like I said, they're going to look like they're beating up a choir boy. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what Trump had to go and do because they knew if he had anyone, like, even moderately, like, even, like, something like a Gorsuch, he wouldn't be voting because it's already, like, they kept losing conservatives due to the special elections and crap. It's, it's getting down to, like, I think it's 51... Republican and like 49 or whatever for the um, leftists for the Democrats or something like that and there's probably some uh, middle like independence in there or whatever but like it, it, he probably shouldn't have mentioned the Roe versus Wade thing I think that was kind of bad decision because now it's going to be like this long drawn out process but uh, I think this could be you know he seems like he's all right I mean I'd like to see Roe versus Wade overturned but uh, you know I like to see how this um Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, this Brett Kevin. fellow. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he does. Although I did see some memes 
with uh, Ben Shapiro. He's like, I'm going oh. down to DC for unspecified reasons. <laughs> it's important. Like, dude, shut up. He's yeah. not like you. You've been like against him since like day one. Maybe if you were like actually not a complete jackass to him, like during the entire election cycle, he might consider you. But like, even then, like, there's no way in hell that even if Trump wanted to, which I doubt he does, that you you'd be able to go and get in there because like you're you know at least to the you know, normies, you seem like ultra conservative. Ben Shapiro, oh, he doesn't like gay marriage. Oh, no. Like, he, there's no way he'd get put in there. And, you know, for me, I, I don't want Ben Shapiro. The only good thing he had running from was he was, like, relatively young. I don't know how old this Brett guy is, but I hope he's not, like, super old because that's what the left is doing. And, and honestly, I think they should have, like, a 20-year, like, limit on there or something because this is getting, like, ridiculous with some of these old farts on there. Like, look at that uh, that that lady. that Ruth left Ginsburg. Yeah, good lord. She just needs <laughs> to, like, go to retirement home. Like, there should be a law on there that if you have, like, dementia, you can't be on the Supreme Court. Like, I'm pretty sure she's she's probably <laughs> up there with that. You know, she needs to go. Out with Ginsburg and with, you know... Well, I think Ginsburg will probably retire or die during Trump's first or second term. But they they have a life, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, term, you know, for so that the courts don't get politicized. Like, it's actually a very smart thing. Politicized. They do get politicized. I look at this, this is going to be politicized. The Gorsuch thing was super politicized. Yeah, but Every you got to limit it. Yeah, but you got to limit it. It's not limited. It's just like, oh, you get to come put someone in here who will be in... He'll be there until you die, which just makes it so that, like, the left will put some guy in there who's, like, 20 years old if they have a super majority. So, and then you have them for, like, 60 years, 70 years, maybe. You know, yeah, but like, they don't do that because young uh, judges are inexperienced and will never get confirmed. And that's what happened, you know, with, um, you know, that's why Trump picks, like, uh, what's like, Kavanaugh is because he's got experience. And he didn't pick that, um, that woman. I already forget her name. She's totally irrelevant now but she had like no experience uh and you were asking about his age you know he's 54 uh three so he'll easily be in there for the next generation of 20 years um but like you know i, I could see a left trying to go and put some illegal immigrant in there as a judge <laughs> who's like six like 18 years old or something unless there's like a limit on there <laughs> Like, do they even technically have to be judges beforehand? Like, I'm no, not sure. No, they don't because people are talking about Mike Lee, you know, the senator Mike Lee being picked. And again, I don't know why conservatives are talking about that because he's a senator. He knows nothing about, he's not an expert in, in the law. You know, just because he, you know, is really good at articulating things and, you know, he, he loves the Constitution doesn't mean he understands it and can interpret it properly. And that's why you pick judges, and that's who you should pick. That's one of those things where I do agree that, you know, traditionally we do X, so we should do X. You know, obviously I vote for Trump someone that didn't do tradition in terms of, you know, voting a guy with no political experience. But, you know, in terms of a Supreme Court judge, like, that's a very, 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 very important position that requires somebody that understands the law at a deeper level. And I want to address the Ben Shapiro thing, because that's fucking pissed me off. Uh, ben Shapiro, if you're listening to this, you can get fucked, because this... You, you, you're the Benji, never Trump, uh, Trump will never appoint a conservative justice Shapiro, is the one that's now, you know, wailing his arm up, like, oh, Trump, pick me, pick me, pick me, I'll be a justice... Dude, fuck you, okay? I don't punch to the right, but I do punch at Never Trumpers. Not literally. Don't take me out of context. Uh, don't yeah, misrepresent me. You know who would actually, I wouldn't mind if he was a justice. Like, I would have, you know, would never happen unless we had like a super majority. Alex if we had, like, Ted, that or, like, well, like Ted Cruz, I think he would have made a good justice. Because he actually yeah. did have some experience in there. Yeah, I don't know about Ted Cruz's credentials. Um, he had I think he was a lawyer. Yeah, he, I, I think he's a lawyer, but I, you know, that to me doesn't do enough to be a uh, justice because you got to be somebody that's constantly using the Constitution and under learning it at a deeper level. Uh, lawyers kind of do. That's like why they get paid so much. Yeah, but I think they're doing more with like state laws and you know federal laws. They're not dealing with the actual Constitution. I mean, you have to kind of do that with a constitution too, and like you know, he'd be a strict constitutionalist. I feel he would, be. but I mean, 
I, there's no way in hell you'd ever be able to get on there unless there was like a uh, you know apocalyptic majority, be, or, uh, and then we'd probably have to worry about like World War Three breaking out because like the Antifa thugs will go out in the street and just like I don't know, start beating up trash cans or something again. <laughs> oh, you, you yeah, I can't wait to see what they're gonna do with this guy. Like the fear mongering is gonna be insane, and the smearing is gonna be insane. Like it's gonna be. You know, Gorsuch, they had some of it, but they're scared of this guy getting confirmed so badly. You know, because they know it's going to happen. They're just going to go all out, and you're going to see people, like, freaking out. Like, they did, there was this video done by, um, I forget who, but you'll probably find somewhere, where they were asking people, uh, you know, what do you think of Trump's Supreme Court pick? Like, oh, it's terrible. A guy is a far-right and extremist and crazy. And they were asking these questions before Trump actually made the pick. Uh, and I went to HuffPo, uh, you know, their cancer's homepage, and the headline literally re- reads, Trump goes hard right. <laughs> like, they're already, like, jumping on the, oh, this guy's a radical right winger. He really isn't. Like, he's actually pretty moderate. You know, like, I'd, he's like a few ticks away from Gorsuch, who's a solid conservative. So this guy put, like, you know, pretty strong right, you know, right lean, but not hard right. Like, he's like a moderate to, you know, solid conservative leaning guy. Like, you know, it's just, I, I just find it so disingenuous. Because when you see people like Chuck Schumer, like, spouting this fear that he's already spouted, you know darn well that Chuck Schumer doesn't believe this. Like, you know fucking well that Chuck Schumer does not believe the fear and is not living the fear that he is spewing. And it's disingenuous and unhealthy for the country to be doing that because you're making other people go crazy and be fearful like oh they're gonna take away my abortions or my women's rights oh i'm not gonna be able to vote anymore like it's just you know unhealthy and unproductive well here's the thing too like i kept seeing all these articles like trump gave out a litmus test oh god well (laughs) the thing is they've had litmus tests since like at least 50 years, like, this goes way back, like, every president who's worth his salt and knows anything about the Supreme Court is going to give a litmus test. Now, they probably won't just go out and say, you know, I'm going to do a litmus test on abortion or gun control or this or that, but they often do, behind the scenes, have these litmus tests. Yeah. I think that's uh, something that's pretty important, but, um, you know, anyways, I think time will tell how this goes. I think just because it was a Trump appointee it's gonna be like you know it's gonna go out in the courts in the uh whatever they do like just the the back and forth with him just because yeah i don't think there's a good chance he won't get confirmed just because he's republican so you know if you're smart vote in the uh midterms in uh 2018 like uh what is that november or something yeah november 2018 midterms because they're gonna try and do this before midterms but you got remember there's a chance it could not you know pass through because republicans have a slim uh hold on the senate so anything's possible and i'd like to you know go back to uh ben Shapiro for a second and to all these other never trumpers and say fuck you guys again because if we didn't have trump you know we would have had hillary today making this decision and making a appointing a second justice of supreme court I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but all you, you know, my principal never Trumpers got to realize that, okay, maybe Trump wasn't your favorite. Maybe he wasn't the best or the most conservative. I understand that. It's fine. You can have that opinion, but he is a step in the right direction. He is better than Hillary by miles. You know, we got to realize that we're very lucky he won because the next generation would be would be under uh, Hillary appointed justices. I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, there's it's either Hillary or Trump, and I'd pick Trump. Even if it was like, and you know, like Trump, he survived the competition. Like of all the other Republican candidates, yeah. he was, came out on top. So he's like, you know, and then he saw the the Democrats. They only had like what a few of them, and they're all like crazy. Yeah. Both the Republican ones, you had the run of the gamut, like everything from like you know Bobby Jimdahl to uh, you know um, who's that guy, like the from Ohio, Case, or Case Kasich. Hungry Hungry Kasich. Yeah, Hungry Hungry Hippo. You know, <laughs> we had the whole gamut, and that's who we got out like hardened through all that stuff, and then he went on to beat Clinton. So yeah, yeah, that was um, 
Yeah, just just have faith in them and uh, vote in the November midterms. Because if we get like another super, if we get an even larger majority, like enough oh. for a super majority and like actual people who will work with Trump, you know, we could do some great things over here. So make sure you vote. Yeah, I second that. Like, I you know, I couldn't say that any better. All right, but next on the list, we have uh, some information about the supposed Rocket Man CD. <laughs> oh man, do you want me to read this one? Yeah, you read it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still laughing over it. Well, you probably all saw somewhere like a few days ago that this news from a South Korean media outlet uh, said that Mike Pompeo, when he was going to visit Kim Jong-un, was going to give him a Elton John CD featuring the uh, song Rocket Man on it. Uh, and it was supposedly going to be signed by Trump with a note enclosed. I, I'm laughing my ass off when I first heard this. Like, this is like top tier trolling from Trump. That's just funny and brilliant at the same time. Because um, that's where I think he got the nickname from. Was actually the song "Rocket Man" by Elton John, which is a famous song everybody knows, uh, and all that. But when he was in the meeting, he supposedly asked him, Kim Jong Un, "Do you know this?" Because Kim brought up his nickname, Rocket Man. That. Trump gave Kim Jong-un. He said, well, what is that? And Trump said, well, do you know the song? And Kim said, no. So then Trump supposedly sent the CD. Well, fast forward a few days, and as you know, I've been saying supposedly a lot, because unfortunately, it turns out that Pompeo did not give him this CD, and it didn't happen. I Maybe it will still happen. I don't know, but it would have been hilarious. Uh, so I was kind of disappointed to hear that. Like, if you want to talk about disappointing news, it was that. Because uh, it just sounds so funny and nice and cool. It's like one of those things that only Trump would do that's just badass. But one can still hope. Yeah, you know, I thought that would have been pretty funny, but it just so happens to be fake news. But uh, speaking of, like, possibly fake news, I just saw it today. Uh, and I have, I look this up on YouTube and I see uh, in, like, uh, the internet in general, like, a you know, not I use DuckDuckGo because they're not Google, but I see a bunch of information that Russia is apparently planning to move uh, fifteen thousand uh, Boer Afrikaners <laughs> and, as like refugees into their country. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, I would like to see that. I hope that uh, you know Russia actually does this because that'd be some great news. Because the rest of the West just kind of forgot about them. So. Yeah, this is a type of Russia collusion that I think that we need over here. You know, 15,000 of them, That's that might not be a lot considering there's probably like several million in South Africa, but maybe it'll get like, you know, Europe to start, you know, getting some refugees who might not like screw everything up because they seem like they're, uh, the Afrikaners themselves seem like they're pretty good people. I know a few of them and they're, you know, very hardworking people. They just kind of got screwed over because of uh, circumstance and history. And they're kind of paying as a villain, so you know Russia's already paying as a villain, so it'd be not it won't be that big of a move. Yeah, yeah, I saw you sent this to me. I haven't really read up much on, it, but uh, hey, there's some Russian collusion for you, right? Yeah, that's a little bit of a bonus bonus fact for <laughs> uh, this week off the script. You know, we're gonna go break that conditioning right here. <laughs> yes. But, uh, well, I, news, oh, can uh, I break the conditioning too? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I had to ask permission to do that. But uh, I, I didn't put it on the script. I want to mention, because it is slowly starting to develop, uh, Brexit news. There has been Brexit has been getting cucked for the past uh, two years because it still hasn't happened. And anybody that hasn't been following, I'm going to give you just a quick little spiel of why I've been, what's just happened today. Uh Boris Johnson, who was in the cabinet of Theresa May, the Prime Minister of Britain, big Brexiteer, uh, just dropped out of the cabinet. And some other guy, I'm sorry, I forget his name already, also dropped out, who's another who's like, you know, another important person getting Brexit happening, you know, happen. Uh, and the reason this is happening is because what they're trying to do is create a vote of no confidence. In a, which would basically get rid of Theresa May. You know, it's kind of, I guess you could say it's kind of like impeachment, but, you know, in terms of, like, a no-confidence impeachment. And, you know, they're going to try and get a prime minister who's actually for Brexit and will actually make it happen, unlike Theresa May, because she's rolling out this plan that would basically, you know, it's not even Brexit. It's, oh, we're going to be under EU laws and regulations, but it's going to be under a different name. 
And it's, you know, that's, I think, I guess she proposed it today, and that's why this is all happening. And, you know, Boris Johnson, who's a funny, cool guy, he was on Top Gear uh, in a few interviews. Uh, he, he's, you know, trying to, I guess, instigate this no-confidence vote um, or yeah, get to happen. And even fucking Jeremy Corbyn is, like, on their side in this one. Like, so they have a fucking chance here. And we're going to see how it plays out. But I want to mention it because, you know, some of us here on the other side of the pond, you know, don't fall uh, European news, but it's very important because this is part of the populist movement. Of course, it's sweeping America and Europe. And Nigel Farage has said in various interviews and tweets that if by March 2019 the Brexit hasn't happened yet, he will run, you know, try to become the UKIP leader again. Right now he's not a part of it. There's a different guy there that's ahead, and his term ends in March 2019. He's been a pretty good leader, the UKIP guy uh, that's been leading it. But, you know, of course, Nigel, he's the one that made Brexit happen. He's the Brexiteer, the, the Brexiteer. He's the Brexit man. Like, this is was his thing. It was his life goal, and he made it happen. And, you know, it's not happening, and he doesn't want to see it robbed and all his time and effort and hard work wasted. So, you know... We'll keep following that and keep you posted. If you go to at Versa Media, News Media on Twitter, you will see updates from us because I tweet out some important news and whatnot that people aren't talking about. And, of course, you can look us up on Facebook, um, type in Versa Media, and you should find us. Oh, yeah, uh, but here's here's the thing, too, with that... Um, with like the Brexit, yeah. Have you ever been like high school and you had that like one kid who's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be moving to like you know Scotland or England or like some fancy place in the Middle East. Like it's just like being a bullshit artist. Yeah. And it, yeah. like they never do it. Yeah. Or it's like yeah. you know my I'm gonna inherit like I'm gonna get like a Ferrari for my parents and they never get one. I feel like it's like that with Brexit. It's just like oh, you know, we'll do this eventually and then it never happens. You know, it's like one of those sort of situations. It's just like okay, come on, we know you're bullshitting. Just submit to it. Like, that's exactly what's going on over here. It's like, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to go and, like, stop drink, stop smoking today. And then, you know, they don't. They just, like, get lung cancer and die. And that's what's going to happen to, like, you know, England. And they're just going to get cancer and die. And instead of cancer, it's going to be, like, you know, all sorts of major problems. And it's going to have, like, another civil war. And it won't even be England by the time we're done with it. Not, yeah. Not like but the the problems that are currently undergoing within England become uh, surface more. Yeah, because what people gotta understand is like it's kind of like in America where we have like a deep state or an elite or an establishment or whatever phrase you want to call it that's sort of pushing back against the Trump agenda. You know that's what's happening with Brexit. Is there's a you know elitist globalist uh, you know establishment that doesn't want Brexit to happen. They're gonna fight tooth and nail. To try and stop it, even though the people chose for it to happen. You know, say what you will about Brexit, but people, you know, democratically voted for it to happen, so it better happen. You know, I mean, it's, I, I could, you know, go on and on, but it just, it, you know, it just, it's one of those things that just annoys me. That's like, even when you have a victory, you still got to keep fighting. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't end. Yeah, I think, like, Poland will leave the European Union before, like, England does, and they haven't yeah. even announced it yet. Yeah. You know, like, we'll have everyone out, like, there'll be no more, like, European Union, it'll just be, like, you know, Britain, France, and Germany, and then, you know, at, like, by that point, Britain's like, okay, I guess we're done here, and everyone else has already jumped ship. And it's, like, not even that they're caring about, like, the immigration problem, that was, like, supposed to be one of the major reasons for them to have uh, considered this. Yeah. And they still are, like, importing, you know, lots of migrants into England, yeah. and people are, you know, they're pretty upset about that from uh, what I hear. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, completely, these people are just like, oh, you know, we'll be, we'll not be in the European Union, but we'll still pay for European stuff, and it'll be probably even more expensive, and it'll keep getting more migrants than the European Union would even, like, allow. So it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then good luck with, like, Northern Ireland, too, because that's going to be a, you know, a very interesting situation over there, no matter what they do, because, you know, they're, they're pretty uh, agitatable bunch from what I understand <laughs> of the uh, British history. Yeah, there's a bit of history there, is right. But uh, you know, I'm surprised that, like, you know, the IRA hasn't come back with, like, all, like, 
recently with all the uh, issues involved with like you know the uh, gangs of you know just violence and whatnot in uh, the British Isles from uh, migrants. I'm kind of surprised. I would have thought they would have came back up. Like the mafia was apparently fighting uh, like some migrants. Like there was doing there was some issues. I remember seeing like a headline back then. I'm kind of surprised the IRA hasn't popped up because they always tend to pop up when you least expect them. Like you know like a hemorrhoid. <laughs> You just equate the IRA to a hemorrhoid. Well, no, like, I can understand, like, why they did it, but, yeah, it's kind of screwed up. I mean, yeah. I don't really, I'm not Irish, I'm not English, so, I mean, I'm Catholic, though, so, I mean, take that as you will, but, um, <laughs> you know, they can go and do their own thing, I suppose. I mean, we kind of do, declared independence from England, so I don't really, and, you know, the stuff that they did, like, tarring and feathering people, that's that's pretty bad. Like, people yeah. usually died from that. And we, like, you know, broke a bunch of stuff and blew up things. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's probably going to go and get restricted for even... <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're restricted mode now. I don't know. I don't know enough about them. But uh, the surprise zone popped up. You know, it's, it's like the whack-a-mole. Boom, boom, boom. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I don't, I don't know how bad it is in Ireland because, you know, a lot of the, you know, mass uh, m- migration from these Muslim-majority countries has gone into London specifically. Like, you know, not just England, but specifically London has seen, like, the, you know, heat of it. So I really don't know how much it's affected uh, Ireland. But well, Like, what are they, they going to look for in Ireland? Like, potatoes? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think Muslims are fans of potatoes, to be honest. How they might be. I don't know. Like, it well, it isn't word. bacon, so they might. Well, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, what, what's really in Ireland today? I mean, not really hear much about them except for like Guinness. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty bad. But like, and like whiskey. But like, there's know, a lot of beer. There's a lot of green, and there's a lot of drunk people. That's. that's a, this sounds like a Louisiana kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of is, but you know, across except the for different green. Yeah, 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 it's a very different green for sure. But unless, like, there's, unless there's like a new leprechaun over there. Here's it's, the fruit, here's the, uh, what's, what's the Lucky Charms, real lucky. <laughs> lucky Charms IRL. Yes. <laughs> Charms IRA, he's an IRA. IRL. I just, I, I accidentally made that joke for the record. But speaking of Lucky Charms. <laughs> Hillary Clinton <laughs> has uh, supposedly been secretly planning a 2020 run. Uh, I really don't know what to make of this news, except I fully endorse it. I hope she does it. Please fucking do it, Hillary. Because if you run in 2020, Trump will not have beaten you once, but he will beat you a second time by even bigger of a margin. And he may probably very well, this time, get the popular vote. Because I think it's possible she could step in. I think what she's really just doing here is leaving the door open. You know, because there's no clear front run for the Dems yet. They're very confused and in disarray. And they've broken off into so many fractions. They're, you know, eating each other up. That She's kind of just sitting it back going, you know what? I better leave the door open here. I better put my foot in the door. And, you know, I have money. And she, you know, she's got an arrogance about her. She, you know, she keeps telling everybody how she won the popular vote. So she still thinks she can fucking win. Well, Hillary, guess what? That's not how our system works. <laughs> to quote you, Hillary yourself, you know, you got to win the electoral vote. It's not just a popularity contest. You were playing the game that doesn't didn't matter. Uh, so it's possible, but I don't think she's really going to do it. The party won't support her. The donors won't support her because she's a failure. She failed twice already. You know, two strikes, you're out really in this game. And... I don't see any, she's so unlikable, nobody wants her, and she just keeps popping up. Like, for Republicans, we want her to keep talking, but for Democrats, for the sake of your party, you should shut her up as soon as possible. I'm surprised, I can't believe you haven't done that already. Like, you literally should be paying her to be shut up. Like, you gotta be at desperate points now, because she makes you guys look so bad. You know, move on, get a new face that's, you know, young, uh, moderate, and has new ideas. No, and, let them let them do that. I don't want to give them any uh, advice. Yeah, but, I know. I'm giving them too much advice here. <laughs> well, here's the thing with like Hillary Clinton. Like the only door she should be leaving open is once the retirement home. Like she <laughs> needs to go. Like she like you know talking about things resurfacing. You know if 
if the IRA is like the hemorrhoid of like Ireland, then she's like the herpes of the Democratic Party. She just herpes Hillary. And making the whole party look bad. It's like, oh, you know, see, there's a herpes sore over here. You know, maybe we should go and like not. And that's like Hillary Clinton. She's like so unlikable. She lost multiple times. Like she's and she's getting old. Like I think her heart can handle it. She already like started passing out before, and Trump was fine. He's probably older than her. I think he is by a couple years, and he's in so much better health. She's not. Her husband looks like uh, like a heat miser from the uh, Rudolph the Red Reindeer cartoon. I know what she would be like. If you ever see like Hocus Pocus, like the one witch in there is like. Oh, I was gonna say the Wicked Witch of the West from a Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh yeah, like not quite green yet. To give it a couple pops. <laughs> oh, there's some green for you. Oh god, like she just needs to stop. I know. Like, it's kind of great that if she does run, it's gonna make them look so bad. Like, come on, yes. you know, like give someone else a shot. You've already had your time in limelight. You got to go to the White House, you know, for eight years. That should be more than anyone else gets to. You know, we're not gonna go back to the times of. Uh, Roosevelt, where you're in the White House for like 16 years or whatever, like 12, I don't know how long he was in there. It was, it was for a while. Yeah. But she's already been there. She's been there, you know, be, you know, the Democrats would think it'd be nice of a first woman president, but, you know, like, why would you want her to be the first woman president? There's yeah. probably like so many other options that you have. Like, you know, I mean, all of them are kind of terrible because they're all Democrats, but like, <laughs> eh. Yeah, because no. people always say, like, oh, you know, like you'd ask people, like, why are you voting for Hillary? Because I want there to, you her to be the first woman president. You know, it's it's the or they'll say it's time for a woman president. Uh, I want, I don't give a shit as to the gender of who I'm voting for, but and I wouldn't mind a woman woman president at all, but not fucking Hillary Clinton. Okay, like I'd vote for a woman for president, but not her. You know, it's it's quite simple as that, but. Uh, I did check her age. She's 70 years old. Looks like shit. Uh, they had to, you know, she fainted at a 9-11, you know, mem uh, memorial service. And they chucked her in a van when it was only, like, you know, a decent temperature. It wasn't even hot. You know, she then claimed she had pneumonia. And then she was tripping down those steps in India. Like, she's a fucking old lady. Like, that's just, you know, I wouldn't want her in the White House. She, you know, you want somebody that's high energy, good health. That's gonna, you know, be, you know, on his A game at the three a.m. phone call. You know, as the cliche goes, you don't want somebody that's, you know, you want somebody that's old enough that they have experience, of course, but you don't want somebody that's too fucking old that they're ready to die. Now I know what people are gonna say is they're gonna go, oh, but Trump is two years older than Hillary. He's seventy-two. Yes, but Trump is, he is seventy-two years old, but he acts like a fifty-year-old. The guy looks great. His skin looks great. His hair looks great. He's running around on stage and having a good time. No problem. He doesn't look like he's aged a bit. The guy is, you know, high energy, doesn't sleep much, like three, four hours a night. You know, he is, you know, robust. He's an energizer bunny. Hillary is like the fucking, you know, like she, herpes Hillary is, she literally is like herpes. I can't think of a better analogy. Like, she keeps coming back. Nobody wants her. And she's, you know, like, just this cancer to the party and to the country. Like, just, you know, I bet if you ran Ocasio-Cortez, you know, the socialist that won in New York against Hillary in 2020, she'd fucking win the nomination over Hillary. Absolutely. Like, you saw how, like, Bernie was stopping her, you know. And then, she, like, he was some crazy socialist from Vermont that, like, would never win in a general election. Yeah. And thank God. I can't stand socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it. It's just all crap to me. Yeah. But, like, she's just unlikable. You know, it's like she never took off her wig for Halloween. It's just, like, <laughs> on the Wig, like, you mean mask. You know, I mean, like, one time out of the year, I, I would like to go and see her face, and that's during Halloween. <laughs> it's a good scare. And I'll give that person some candy because they picked a very scary costume. She wouldn't need but, a mask. Yeah, she doesn't. You know, she really doesn't just going to take off, like, Put off the makeup, or actually keep it on. Looks even more hideous. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> speaking of like uh, interest, like hideous and uh, deplorable things that happen. <laughs> actually, uh, there is there's been some uh, recently. There's been a lot of harassment going on with uh, people on the right. Mm. And uh, you know, earlier this week, they had a lady yelling at Stephen Bannon at a bookstore. 
and then the clerk at the bookstore to go and call the police, telling her to leave. She, you know, she then, and then the police came and uh, got her out of there. And then later that week, uh, Mitch McConnell, when he left dinner, you know, he was being harassed by people into a restaurant's parking lot. And then people called him Turtlehead. Some guy comes up in like a, like a red sports car or something, tells him to fuck off. And they're like, oh, that's so vulgar. It's like, no, you're like harassing someone just for eating. Like, when does this stuff stop? Like, you know, the other week we had the red hen harassing like and, and refusing service for Sarah Sanders. And now this week you have people going around the street harassing, you know, like a bunch of Democrats. I think they're Democratic Socialists, which I don't even know what the hell that means. That's like, uh, you know, National Democratic Socialist Party. It's, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. And these people are just thugs going out there trying to go and, like, make people's lives terrible. And, like, they even said that to, to Mitch McConnell that they knew where he lived and they're, and, mm -hmm. like, implying they're going to harass him over there. Which, you know, I mean, it is probably public knowledge where he lives because he is a senator, but still, you know, yeah. that's screwed up. And I can only imagine what these people would do. And they're going to end up costing the taxpayer money because I bet, you know, Steve Bannon and uh, Mitch McConnell are probably going to be able to justify getting, like, a secret service to protect them because these leftists are unhinged. You can see what happened that, like, baseball game a couple years ago where the guy got shot by some lunatic leftist. And now these people are just, like, begging for it. How long before we see, like, another Republican senator get shot? Like, you saw what's going on with Rand Paul. He's been, like... People like his neighbor was like threatening to like uh, chop him up or something with an axe. Well, no, the neighbor I... actually attacked him, but then some other guy. Okay, Rand Paul. First of all, he was at the Steve Scalise shooting. You were the uh, I think Steve Scalise's senator got shot. Rand Paul was there. Rand Paul was then uh, attacked by his neighbor, and then he was threatened by somebody recently that uh, threatened to chop him up with an axe. Yeah, this is this is going on for far too long. Like, why is the the mainstream media not like making a big deal about this? This isn't like politics as usual. This is radical Democrat terrorism <laughs> going on. We have like left wing death squads going about. You know, it's, it's right now is left left wing harassment squads. They got their brown shirts going around <laughs> trying to go and spark it up. And all it takes is one guy who's crazy, and you know they'll end up getting them. Um, to go and commit like a dangerous act, like they know where he lives, they might go and burn his house down. They might go and like shoot it up. Who knows? These, you know, you get you those people that Trump's Hitler, and they can justify anything. Yeah, you know, they'll justify killing these uh, Trump abettors, and they'll end up like you know we'll start to see like political terrorism that America hasn't seen since like the sixties. Yeah, since the Weather Underground. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a sad thing that's going on right now. Like, I like living in this country. I liked, you know, when you could have a disagreement with someone, but now it's like, oh, we're gonna get you fired from your job, then harass you at home, harass your parents, you know, break into your house and like hurt you and your kids, and threaten to go and chop you up. You know, this is this is really disturbing. And like, I think that if this is to continue we're going to start to see, like, political violence become the norm in America. And it's not because Trump got elected. It's because the left can't handle Trump. Yep. And they're yep. resorting to violent actions and terrorist actions. And I think that we need to go, you know, first off, Antifa needs to be labeled a major terrorist organization. They have been. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, like, labeled, like, as much as, it's not, like, a legitimate thing now. Like, it's, I don't know if they did label it, like, in a small one, but they need to be, like, actively researched, find out everyone who goes there. If you're wearing a mask, like an Antifa black block clothing at a protest, you need to be detained and thrown into the same uh, that, like, a actual terrorist is being thrown into. Like, I know Antifa people, they harass people on the right, they punch them in the face, they hit them with locks. And they end up, like, getting out of jail, you know, pr pretty much scot-free. Sometimes they end up paying, like, a little fine or staying in jail for, like, a couple weeks. But they should be sent to jail under anti-terrorism laws for years for this political violence. Yeah, because that's what they did when Ben Shapiro, I can't believe we keep mentioning his fucking name, went to Berkeley, uh, UC Berkeley. This was after the Milo incident where Antifa burned down the campus this was after Ann Coulter, where they stopped her from coming to campus. Uh, ben Shapiro came to UC Berkeley with a $600,000 security fee. And what, what happened? They instituted a no-mask policy. And did you see Antifa? Nope. Not a single one of them. And that's what you got to do. 
They did that with the KKK back in the day, and boom, disappeared. Yo, do it here, boom, disappear. Uh, and like, like you said, this is, you know, it. this is, I have always condemned political violence on both sides. And I think, I'm not trying to sound partisan here, if anybody says that, but at least when the right has its violence, which is rare, they condemn it. When the left has their political violence, they don't say anything, or they say shit like Maxine Waters, where they encourage harassment of Trump supporters, and people, you know, not even just Trump supporters, but just people that you disagree with that are moderately, you know, to the right of you as a leftist. You know, you don't even have to be right to get shit on. Look at Dave Rubin. He is a gay Jewish liberal. A liberal in the sense of he is pro-abortion, anti-death penalty, um, and a whole bunch of other things. And this guy's trying to give speeches at places, and he's getting heckled. And people are, you know, calling him racist and sexist and anti-gay, you know, all kinds of shit. You know, and it's stuff I always hate. I just hate this stuff because it's like we get so silly over nothing. Just idea. We're literally, you know, harassing people over ideas, over things we disagree with. You know, it's just gotten ridiculous. Like. Steve Bannon was just at a bookstore browsing books, and this lady's, like, going nuts over him. Like, can't you let people live in peace? You know, if you want to, you know, actually change their mind, have a, you know, go up to them nicely and talk to them and try to have a discussion. Don't harass them. You know, there's nothing productive or kind or welcoming of that. And if this keeps up, which I think it will, this is peak bad optics. This is going to hurt Democrats. You know, this is going to hurt their chances at midterms because the Republican voter and the center voters, the moderates, the centrists, are now going to fear of these people like Maxine Waters gang power. People that are calling for harassment against you now have the chance of getting in power. That's kind of terrifying. And, you know, because it was just they were going after Trump, but now they're coming after you. They're coming after you as, you know, an average Joe. And that scares people. So they don't want these people gaining power. So they're going to, even if they're not right wing, they're going to vote for the other guy on the, you know, that's on the right, just so that the left winger doesn't get in because they will see them as radical, violent, and the threats of their life. That sounds like it could be hyperbole. I understand that. But this is the perception that they're giving off by... In not only doing harassment, but encouraging it. You know, it's it might die off in a bit, but this is a really bad moment for them. Like, I mean, this is peak bad optics. It is just really bad. Well, you know what this is going to do? This is going to cause a reaction, and people will seek to have a, uh, you know, right-wing safety squads... They will start popping up as an alternative, as a way to go and keep you from getting like doxxed and harassed and beat up, and you're going to start to see, you know, this violence on the streets again, like the, uh, like uh, what you call it, like a Charlottesville. It's going to start yeah. becoming more common because people, you know, it's either you're for us or against us, and then they're going to start grouping up. Then you're going to see the radicals on the right start to go and like try to protect themselves. Because you know it's it's all fun and games until you're on the street and they say like you know a bunch of people going at you with, like, tire irons because you had a Trump sticker on your car, who are you going to go and, like, uh, ask for help? Like, the police, they don't have enough resources all the time. So you're going to end up starting to see, like, people in gangs, and they're going to go and, like, have just brawls on the street over political issues. They're just going to get, you know, guns will probably get involved at some point, and we're going to have, you know, just riots across the country because, and I'll start with these leftists, because they don't, you know, people don't want to be in fear and just because they have a political opinion that you might disagree with, and then if they're told that, you know, you can't have this opinion, if you do, we're going to go and harass you and get you fired from your job, then people are going to want some protection. That's that's why, like, racketeering works, you know, for the mafia. That's what they do. You know, they, have, they offer protection from the other, you know, gang, and that's what's going to happen over here. And I don't think that's the world that most people want to live in, and I just hope that this stops before we end up having to, like, live in, you know, this sort of, like, you know, crazy world where it's, like, the political parties become, like, 
violent militias, like paramilitaries, and it's just like worse than the Wild West. It's like gang warfare, but instead of the Bloods and the Crips, you got the Democrats and the Republicans. Like, mm. we don't want to live in that sort of world. Yeah. And you mentioned Charlottesville, and I'm glad you did because, uh, you know, that was like the biggest, you know, clashing last summer of, you know, the identitarians on the left and the right, you know, the identity politics just coming together literally head on and just eating each other up. But what I, you know, I'm afraid now is because they're trying to plan another one of those rallies, I think this summer, of, you know, another, you know, alt-right rally, and you're going to have fucking Antifa probably show up, and it's, it has the potential to be even worse than last time. Like, you could see multiple people get killed uh, over whatever reason, and, you know, I'm afraid that happened because, like, it's just so toxic now, and, you know, the alt-right's a fringe group, and, you know, nobody likes them, but... You know, when you have people coming out um, to protest, you know, looking the way they look, like you're going to have, you're going to create problems. You're going to create, you know, you're going to charge up emotions like you wouldn't believe. And right now we're at a point where, you know, these people think it's justified to harass uh, anybody on that, that they disagree with. And, you know... I, it's one thing when they're, you know, they're justifying against like, oh, punch a Nazi, but they're now going to the level of punch a Trump support, punch somebody that has a MAGA hat. I don't think it's okay to punch a Nazi. You shouldn't punch anyone unless they like punched you first. I don't think no, no, no. Any- yeah, yeah. I better be clear. I'm not saying it's okay to punch anyone. I don't think you should punch anyone, even Nazis. As much as you'd want to, I wouldn't punch them. But what I'm saying is, is now that was the level last year was punch a Nazi. Now it's becoming. Like, punch anyone. Like, punch a congressman. Punch a, you know, a Trump supporter. Punch anybody that's, like, moderately right. Or the, the punch Dave Rubin they might be saying next, you know? My, my point is, is that it's like, you know, they smear Trump supporters as Nazis, but now they're just so blatant about it now. Now it's just, to just punch them because they like Trump. Like, it's getting, you know, what I'm saying is, like, all these groups, you know, these fringy groups of, like, the alt-right, like, yeah, you could see, like, shit getting really thrown at them because, like, they're a hateful group and people hate them. So, I, you know, you expect bad shit to happen. But now this bad shit is happening at these more moderate political-leaning levels. And it's getting nuts. Like, it's it's just so bad. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, if they want to, like, they could have easily stopped Charlottesville from becoming bad if they actually, like, used common sense. Yeah, the like when they did at Berkeley, you know, keep people from wearing masks, keep people from bringing weapons, and, uh, you know, just do a quick pat down. Boom. They wouldn't have had that happen. I think they wanted Charlottesville to grow like it was because they saw it as good optics if there's a fight. Like, I think, you know, I don't want to say Charlottesville was an inside job, but I think <laughs> there was a way to stop it, and they chose not to do it. You know, whether it was out of, I mean, I, honestly, I think it kind of was an inside job. I think they wanted to become a shit show. Because they could have, like, they seen seen what works, you know, to prevent these things, and they could have done it, you know. It's not very hard to prevent people from bringing weapons, you know, to places. It's not hard to go and block off streets. It's not hard to go and stop, like, people from, you know, getting into these massive groups, you know, without being properly vetted. Like, they did that in Berkeley, and it worked, so I think, I hope that the next Charlottesville or whatever it's going to be... I hope that they actually institute a common, you know, I don't want to say common sense, uh, you know, things, but just, like, make sure people are not going to cause a riot over there and actually have the police do their job. Because, you know, I've I've heard from people that the Charlottesville was allowed to become what it was, but the police weren't really doing anything. Yeah, and that's always the case with these, like, in Berkeley. The police weren't doing shit, and they let Antifa, like, burn a place to the ground. Like, it's, it is genuinely, like, shocking how uh, either incompetent or uh, purposefully uh, inactive the police are. Like, I really don't know how to word it, because it's just like, they were just told, like, to stand down so many times. Well, it's just on the police who are doing that, so yeah. people in charge. Yeah, and that's true. People, you know, if anyone needs to be, like, you know, brought up to a conversation, they need to be, like, fired for that. Yeah. <laughs> and they need to go and be, like... You know, you allowed this to happen. You told them to stand down when they obviously shouldn't have. They should be sued, honestly. Because they allowed, you know, that lady to die because they created an environment that was a riot. If there was a riot, if there was not a riot there, I doubt that person would have died. You know, say whether or not this person just, like, ran over someone because they wanted to. 
or what, but I think if there wasn't a riot and there weren't people with, like, rifles and, uh, you know, like, metal bats bashing shit, yeah. I think this wouldn't have been an, as big of an issue as it was. Yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of riots with, you know, like, speaking of demonstrations with guns, we have a story about one that did not turn out into, like, a shit show. It was yeah. the Triggered Millennials Rally. Yes. Yes, there was a Triggles, Triggered Millennials, who is a right-wing pro-gun group that has been starred by a bunch of people from Penn State. Uh, they had a rally in Pennsylvania uh, that I attended and saw to get a sense of what they're doing and all that, because I was interested in them. And, you know, it was in front of the courthouse in a town here, pretty popular town in the area of Pennsylvania. And they... Uh, had a bunch of speakers, you know, there were members of their group, and about 45 people showed up in terms of the turnout of the event. Uh, but the main speaker was uh, Madge Tor, I think I type pronounce his name, but he's better known as Black Guns Matter. That's his sort of advocacy um, uh, slogan that he's using. And I'd never heard of him before. I'd seen that he did an interview with Trigger Millennials on their YouTube channel, but I hadn't watched the interview. Uh, but this, so this was my first time hearing him speak. And I have to say, he, he impressed me. He's a very talented, energetic, passionate public speaker. He knows how to connect with the audience, especially you know young people. He he's definitely you know somebody to follow, and I'd say like if you want a pro gun speaker, get this guy, because um, he's you know he's somewhat lesser known, but he I'm telling you this guy has it in him. He gets it, and I was listening to him talk to people that were at the event after you know right after his speech. I'm listening to him, and he's very well spoken. He has good arguments. The guy's good, uh, but. I also, when I went out to lunch with some of my pals, he was there too, and we talked to him at the end, and he was explaining to us stuff about optics, and it was really fascinating. I, I was going to touch on that because, I, yeah, I was when I went, yeah, I learned about the event. Like, I didn't, uh, you know, know if there was supposed to be a, an attire to wear. I didn't even think there was, so I just showed up in my sh you know, black shorts and my Rolling Stones shirt. I look and my sandals. I just look like me. I didn't look like anything else. It was just how you dress. Uh, but all the other people there were dressed very nicely in like you know uh, khakis or you know dress pants and button-down shirts and all that. And so I was kind of the odd one out. Uh, you know, didn't really. I didn't have a problem with. It. I didn't feel you know like the odd one out or anything because I was just dressing how I normally dress and you know everybody that was attending it. Other than my pals, they were all dressed super uh, businessy, I guess you could say. We, you know, I just dressed like a normal person, like all the other normal people that attended the rally, you know. But a lot of those people that attended the rally were your stereotypical right wing NRA members with their NRA hat, tattoos, big muscles, big beard, burly men, you know. So it's kind of like a little bit of a stereotype for quite a few of them, you know, dressed all in red, white, and blue and all that. And what was interesting was uh, Black Guns Matter was talking to us, and we were all you know circling around his table, and he was looking at us, and you know he said, you know he's like he's like he's talking about presentation. We've talked about this on our Foundry episodes and other stuff, but he's talking about presentation. You know, he said one of the things you guys need to do is look at you guys. You're all dressed up kind of like you, you look like preppy boys. You know, you look like you know kind of rich kids the way you're dressing. And then he pointed to me. He said. But this guy looks like Shaggy. <laughs> I laughed because it's not the first time I've heard of that. Because I have you know, big, you know, bushy, curly hair. And he's like, this guy, you know, he's like, he literally, he said, you know, he, he looks totally different from all you guys. Because he's dressed in, an, in a, basically he said like in an approachable manner. He says, because, you know, when people are walking by this rally, you know, they see those stereotypical, you know, like NRA people with their big burly muscles and, rip shirts and NRA hats and all that, and they go, ooh, those are those pro-gun people, ooh. But, you know, if they see somebody who looks like me, which, I'm gonna be honest, I don't look like your typical Republican, I look kind of like a Bernie bro, you know, it subverts their expectations, and they go, huh. And they stop, and they think about it for a second. 
And then that's when you got them. That's when you got them right there, right there, because their expectations were shattered and then they become interested. Like, why is this person there? And they sort of maybe have a connection with that. That's not saying that my work's going to appeal to most people. They certainly are not. But if you have those diverse groups of people, like let's say you have a Latino guy or a black guy, they're like, this guy was black. Black Guns Matter is a black guy. And he's got long hair and he looks like, he looks like a Democrat. I'm not going to lie. But he isn't. And so that gets your attention. It's all about getting attention, getting interest, getting people involved. Uh, but you know, then he actually said to me, he said, he said, this guy, he's pointing at me, he says, this guy's the safest motherfucker in the hood. I was like, okay. He's like, you all would get fucking shot. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying there. But, you know, he was, like I say, he's a funny guy, interesting. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it was an interesting experience, I have to say. I mean, I was being kind of shy that day, not talking to many people, but mostly observing. But, you know, it, 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 did, it did make me, you know, because you know, he was talking about basically authenticity. You know, you, you, you got, you know, you definitely got to look nice. You don't want to look like a bum. But you gotta look like yourself. You gotta have authenticity because people value authenticity. I mean, that's why Trump won. Was he politically incorrect? Hell yeah. Was he a cl- the cleanest speaker? No way. He was no JFK. But he but always he's dressed up. Yeah, he always dressed up because what is he? He's a businessman. Trump never is in flip flops and t shirts because that's just not how he dresses. He dresses like a businessman. But what does he dress? I've said this from the very beginning of his campaign because I noticed it right away. He always wears red and blue ties. He always wears a blue or black blazer. He's always wearing red, white, and blue. The guy is never wearing a purple tie or a pink tie or green tie. No, it's always American patriotic colors. It fits his brand of America first of being patriotic. It's, you know, it sounds like basic stuff, but some politicians don't do that. Obama didn't do that. I think that's because he was trying to appeal to the urban vote. It's not too all, you know, it's not super America, fuck yeah, patriotic stuff. But Trump knew his brand. Uh, and at the same time, you'll see a lot of these politicians, like Paul Ryan or whoever, when they go to like a restaurant or something, they always do this fucking thing where they, they wear a polo. Ooh, man of the people right there. No, you fucking fake. Yo, and that's, that's what, there's, that's what people sense, fakeness. They don't sense authenticity. When Trump goes to a restaurant and does any of these casual things, he still wears his suit and tie. Why? Because that's who he is. He's a businessman. He dresses like a businessman. Paul Ryan is just a politician. He's not some fucking guy in a polo. You know, he's not some business, you know, um, uh, business casual dressing guy. You know, it's fake. It's not, it's like when Hillary put on that fucking like Russian hat. It's so unauthentic. It's you're trying to be like the people, but you're not. So whatever your brand is, or your you know your you'll stick stick to yourself. That's what it should be. You know, and that's a big takeaway I got from this. Yeah, you know that seemed like a very fun uh, rally to show up to. Unfortunately, I was unable to make a trip across the state, but uh, they did have a different type of uh, <laughs> a convention where I was at, and they had a very different dress code. You know, there's. <laughs> There's not a person in uh, an NRA shirt to be seen, but we did see some people who uh, had a very special sort of suit. And, uh, you know, I I live around the Pittsburgh area, and I was just so happened to be downtown at the time. I was taking my girlfriend out. We went to uh, have a couple drinks, and we were walking around, and we spotted some people in a very interesting outfit uh, because there was a convention known as Anthrocon where there's a uh, subsect of people known as the furry community you know they they're adults they dress up as animals and from what i understand like 80 percent of them do it for for uh, sexual purposes i I got this from a stefan interview (laughs) with the furry and um yeah they're walking around town and it was it was pretty hot out so i mean these guys must have been some troopers or they must have been high probably a little bit of both they're walking around downtown fursuits um, they were just uh, hanging about like it was it was really kind of creepy because like you know it's just like in the middle of the day and you see like some like guy in a fox who come up to you and he's like there's some Chester the Cheetah wannabe over there and he was putting his like paws up on this like building and like staring at people and, like kind of bouncing it off of there I tried to go and ask him uh, what is what is a furry and they just pointed to himself he didn't speak I guess he was really into his persona 
And um, yeah, they were just walking around town and there's a lot of people who didn't have anything we could tell they were furries because they had um, the, the, uh, the apparent, like the little badges from Anthropon. And then we also met a black Israelite who was telling us that, you know, like uh, the, the end of the days are coming because of some house bill that was passed <laughs> about slavery. Like it was really creepy. And I, I taught that man about the uh, furries over here, and he was, uh, I, I think we did find common ground on our discuss of this uh, sexual fetish of, uh, you know, furryism. And, um, yeah, it was really weird seeing them go up to, like, little kids, and, like, the parents were just like, okay, I'll let them take a picture. You know, they probably, like, I would not let my kids hear furries. It's a very deviant sexual fetish. Degenerate. I, yeah, it's just disgusting. Like they want to go and like dress up as animals and um, you know sexually. And I saw people with like artists like uh, tags on them. Like oh my god, they probably just like draw like pictures of like cow like horse sticks and stuff. I was gonna say they draw a dick on. <laughs> probably that's like all they do is like draw animals having sex. I walked past a, a van and there's like all these like My Little Pony toys in there and like uh, like some furry artwork on the dash. I don't know if he was like just showing off his wares or something and like, oh yeah, I'm the biggest furry in the hood. They call me Papa Wolf. <laughs> I don't know. There's some really strange folks over there, but I was, I would have attended that other rally, but like I was on the other side of the state, but at least I had something interesting to uh, talk about. No, so, man, I, I think you had the, uh, the uh, bigger experience out where you were. <laughs> I see, like, you know, I wish trigger millennials would come out towards the west side of Pennsylvania. I'd like to see that. I mean, Philly's Philly, but, but you know, there's a lot of cool stuff on the west side of Pennsylvania. A lot of, you know, a lot of somewhat pro-gun people in this big city, you know, surprisingly for being a big city, I've seen, like, they have all these gun ranges out here. And, you know, they really ought to go and, fix up how they do gun ranges in America because it's such a pain in the ass when I go from like, you know, I might have like a house somewhere, you know, in like Pennsylvania, but then like, let's say I'm going up to, uh, you know, like Texas or down to Texas and I want to go to a gun range. You know, it'd be nice if they had like a system in place. And I'd like to go and talk about this in like a, a foundry episode, but um mm. I think that could definitely be an interesting idea. But anyways, I think that was um, most of what we were talking about today. But, uh, you know, keep sending, you know, uh, we have an email address now if you want to reach out to us. If you have something interesting you'd like us to speak about, you could do a a one-off on that or bring it up in the news if you got any breaking information, especially any information that can lead to the arrest of Hillary Rodham Clinton. (laughs) We can always use that. No, just kidding. Uh, I don't want to die. But... uh, (laughs) There's, and um, I know that we also have a competition going on about the Space Force. You know, yes. draw, send us your artwork, original artwork of what you want the Space Force to look like. And uh, whoever's, yeah, whoever's like, you know, really cool, you know, real shell at some point, you know, once we hopefully have at least 100 so that we don't give out participation trophies. I don't want to have to do that, folks. And yeah. I think that the more artwork we get, the better. Hopefully we'll have this out before, you know, we actually need a space force to have like space marines and shit on Mars or whatever. So, um, you know, please send those in. What's the email address again? Uh, send them to versanewsmedia at gmail.com. I'll put it in the video description. If you don't use email for whatever reason and as an absolute last resort, you can, of course, DM us on Twitter at versanewsmedia. But please just email to us. That's the easiest way. Again, it's versanewsmedia at gmail.com. And like he said, we will sort through submissions, pick the best one or top three, depending if we can get three submissions. But we're not going to hand out participation trophies. We don't award mediocrity. We award excellence and exceptionalism. Uh, But, you know, I'd love to see your guys' creations because it's a fun little thing to play with and have fun with. If you want to follow Trigger Millennials, you can search them in on Facebook and Twitter. I forget their handles because they're all different. But if you just, you know, Google them, you'll find them. You can tell quickly who, you know, it, it's, it, you know, you can tell who it's them right when you find them. Uh, but we hope to have an interview with them at some point. Probably expect that more in September uh, in the fall because we'll have better quality mics and all that stuff. So that should be coming down the pike soon. 
Uh, and you, of course, follow them on social media if you're interested. They're definitely a group that's very... I, I will say this. I want to mention before we wrap up here. Um, the people that organize the event, I was very impressed with their skills. They are a very talented, passionate, energetic group of young people that really do give a shit about gun rights. Like, I, I think most gun people, like, really do give a shit about it. But there's a lot of groups where you'll see people virtue signaling. You know, people will sometimes maybe throw a few dollars at, but they're not going to do the, you know, bend over backwards, hard work, and actually organize shit and get shit happening and get activism and people on the ground and actually go out and do something. You don't always see that. Uh, you know, like, I was just watching, actually, the other night with, on Mark Levin's show. He had Gary Sinise on. He's an actor. He does a lot of work for the vets. He just doesn't, he doesn't just, you know, give them money or do stuff like that. He is working his ass off helping them with events, going on, you know, uh, dinners with them and playing the music and going to museums with them and building homes for them. Like, this guy's working his ass off. That's what I, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, um, draw the biggest comparison here because obviously Trigger Minds is a small group, but the, it's the work ethic that I see, you know, in these people is like what you see with some of these other big organizations. So what I'm saying is these guys could become something really big because I see the passion in them and I see the drive in them. Um, and even if you disagree with them, just come out and talk to them. They're all very nice people of all, you know, colors, genders, and which there are only two of. Um, and backgrounds like it's people of every nature and that's why i saw there and that's what's so nice that all you know all these people coming together under a you know common cause and we may have disagreed probably on some things on guns like i'm not the biggest gun nut in the world i'm not even gun nut at all like i actually enforce some gun regulation but we're still going in the right direction and i still believe strongly in the second amendment so we're still friends we still talk to each other you know it's a great group of guys and gals that um, definitely follow them on social media. And like I said, they have strong passion. You know, they may not be a big dog yet, but they very well could be. All right. But anyways, I think that'll be enough for tonight. So I'll see you folks next week. And uh, maybe before then, if we can get ourselves some uh, interesting, um, you know, snacks in between the meals. <laughs> We'll get you out some delicious snackaronis. We'll leave out some crumbs for you. Some crumbs? Were you Nancy Pelosi? Ooh, yeah. All right. But anyways, <laughs> see you around. Been fun. Yep. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Rio News.